Ya, hablamos nunca, porque si te digo que hablamos el martes, tienen esperanza. Hablamos nunca, 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 hablamos Each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love, and this week we are back. Oh my God, it's been so long. I This know. is so exciting. Did y'all miss us? <laughs> feels like it's been a million years because now we live in a apocalyptic nightmare, maybe? I don't even know. Yes, correct. I don't even know. Yeah, we are living in an apocalyptic nightmare right now. Like, California is completely on fire because of climate change, and there's not enough firefighters to deal with it because we use slave labor for that, and everybody in prison is sick with COVID, and it's just... Yeah, it's really the horrifying. The cops are killing people. Horrifying. It's completely horrifying, horrifying, but you know, here we are making a way amongst yeah. it all. Yeah. What? a time to be alive i know and we are still alive and you know we didn't actually either of us feel like we needed a huge break when we decided to take it but i was moving across the country and we figured you know what let's give ourselves a break and um and it was good it was good to get to kind of recharge and focus on some other stuff and just making life right now but we're happy to be back and Vero this first one is your pick tell us about it yes this is such a fucking mood for me I love it so much this song is called Hablamo Nunca and it's by El Alfa Lo tengo hablando con la pared siempre que no llegame pero ahora menos se puede le cortamos la luz que somos la sede con la goma pichada lo pusimos a que ruede hablan de mí pero no lo llevo pendiente tienen que hablar con el asistente de mi asistente no cojo cuy campana no estamos en gente háblame de cambiar los cheques todos los días 20 no me llame, no me llame, estoy ocupado, contando una valija desde allí no he terminado, no estamos dando entrada, pusimos 20 candados, hablamos el 32, mi hermano. Ok, ok, ah, 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 ya, y lo mopa JC, ah, yo no andaba muerto, andaba de parranda, haciendo malo coro en tripa con mi ganga. Y en mi mañe me puse una bufanda, y a que no adivina, llegan los que mandan, los domi, los domi, siempre andamos en ganga, tenemos la tarro, lo loco en Holanda, y solo echo para atrás, si hago el step back, el dinero lo boto y lo recojo para atrás, coronado como el virus, es pandemia musical, hablamos nunca, no tengo que dialogar, contigo, ni contigo, ni contigo, vivo como rico, no conozco mi vecino. Me prenden la pampara, el jefe está conmigo Coja los cuarentena que en la calle sigo activo Activo So one of the things this like completely apocalyptic time has done for me Is like it's sort of gotten my emotional capacity sort of, you know, to the edge Um, and I just feel like I have a set of people who I'm very close to, who are close friends, who I like love, and I have endless amounts of emotional capacity for. Yeah. And if you're not one of those people, like, you know, like you, like my mm. girl Chanel, you know, there's like a ton of, there's mm -hmm. like, you know, like a solid group of yeah. people in my life that are like friendships that span like a decade you know or more and like are very close and there for me and I have endless emotional capacity for y'all pero anybody else I'm just like hablamos nunca mi pana like I can't I can't like my emotional capacity is like sorry you can text me I'll text you back in a couple of days if I feel like yeah. it like <laughs> are you in like a no new friends energy <laughs> no me hable I mean I'm I'm sort of always there. Like, honestly, like, my friendship cup is full. My mm. friendship cup is absolutely full. Like, I have, like, a ton of loving, easy, beautiful relationships in my life, you mm -hmm. know? And you have to be quite exceptional to get past, you know, the my my barriers to get any of my time. Like, my time is taken up, you know? Like, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that there's not the possibility for something else to ever come along, but, like, you just have to be amazing, Yeah. You know, and or like we have to click amazingly, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can be amazing and we don't click, but like mm -hmm. if not, like no me hables. Yeah. No me hables. No me llamen. I love how he's like, no me llamen. No me llamen. <laughs> <laughs> This is also Kiko el Crazy is yeah. featured on here. Uh-huh. Man, yeah. I mean, it's something about like reflecting back on coming back to this podcast and like thinking about how I'm feeling now versus like how I felt 
in the last few months of doing this podcast when we were like in the beginning of the COVID crisis, it's like both like awe inspiring and kind of frightening how much we can adapt to like a really horrific environment, you know, like I, it would have felt impossible in March to imagine what's gone down now and like where we're at. Um, but, and like, I'm still really horrified by it and really upset and scared, but like, I'm also, there's a level of resilience. Like, and I, I think I understand now, like, this is how people live through war and live through, you know, like there's something about the human survival that you just, you adapt. And like you, you know, I've seen research about this, that like people go back after big crises, people could generally go back to like the level of happiness they had before. Also, same thing with, like, mm-hmm. big positive, supposedly positive things like winning the lottery or whatever. Like, people generally go back to their, like, normal level of, of contentment. It doesn't actually shift things. And so I think that's a little bit what I'm experiencing. But I'm like, damn, like, it's kind of upsetting in some ways. But also, like, what's the alternative? You know, that we all just, like, live in a panic constantly. You know, like, that's also not helpful, nor is it going to help us to, like, figure out a way forward. So, but it's a little bit weird to be, like, kind of doing life in such a fucked up situation you know where people are sick yeah, and dying I mean, and, you know yeah like you know this is a really fucking weird summer right like there's like so much tragedy and so much death and like you know like also though i think for me the uprisings have created in me a level of hope yeah that For me, like, people are like, wow, it's such a terrible racist time. It's like, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. It's always a racist time. And right now people are resisting. And that, like, gives me a level of hope that, like, especially, like, the fact that defunding the police Mm -hmm. and police abolition is, like, a mainstream conversation Mm -hmm. is not something that I thought I would ever experience in my lifetime as a person who's been, like, part of different, like, abolitionist circles for, like, over a decade. I didn't think that I was going to live to see it. Mm -hmm. So... I think it's, you know, it's also, like, I feel like you have to, like, you know, Mariam Kaba talks about, like, hope being a discipline. And Mm -hmm. so part of what I'm leaning on is that, too. It's, like, you know, leaning on the hopeful parts of this moment that, like, you know, times, like, every, you know, like, change is, like, times of big change are, like, sort of a death, but they're also sort of a birth. And Mm -hmm. I feel like there's an opportunity for, like, imagining what the birth is Mm going to look like. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like a necessary death. I mean, there's a lot of, of the reality within the yeah. living. It's not. It's already apocalyptic for many people. So, um, it's sort of like relative privilege, like how much it felt that way before, versus how it feels that way now. For so sure. yeah, no, I I also agree. Like there is a lot of hopefulness in, um, the ways in which like certain yeah, like you said, certain things are, are even in the mouths of people, even in res- that they have to respond to the idea of defunding the police is like a huge shift. Oh, you know no. that that wasn't even something it's that amazing. You know, so. Yeah. Oh man, how but, you know, El Alfa and Kiko el Crazy are a total mood for this really, really fucking weird summer and even for this like totally bizarre time. Like mm-hmm. it's you know, also sort of the song of the summer for me. Like I hear it like you know, in that there is a song of summer, like, you know, you hear it like blasting out of cars and coming from the streets and like, you know, at the beach, right? Like there isn't clubs or dance parties, so it's not mm-hmm. making it to any of that. But it's been amazing to, like, blast out in different areas, especially considering sort of where I am emotionally. I'm mm-hmm. just like, no me llamen. Like, no tengo que dialogar contigo, ni contigo, ni contigo. <laughs> Hablamos nunca, bitch. Yeah. I mean, we just, like, Love don't, it. you know, it's like we have to be we have to use our energy wisely right now. Cause we're all, even if we feel like we're adjusting, like we're still really depleted. We're still under threat. We're still like dealing with like crisis. Absolutely. So you have to be it's more careful. Such a yeah. crisis and such huge amounts of stress for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you feel like your summer, like what's, what's it been like for you? Well, I mean, I think because, um, the virus has slowed down <laughs> enough here in New York, New York city, Um, we've been able to resume some activity safely, especially outdoor activities. So like there is this like, you know, like you said, this like sense of like somewhat of a new normalcy. I'm like, absolutely. My life is, looks nothing like it did last summer. Right. Um, but my most important summer activity is going to the beach. The beach is like, like the ocean is like the closest thing I have to a religion. It's very, very important to me. Mm -hmm. And the fact that that's like one of the safer activities that I can take part in. Um, I, it's just, I I feel really grateful for it. Um, and 
um, that it's felt really nice to be spending so much time um, on the ocean and with the, like on the beach. Um, so that's been really good. I mean, otherwise it's been like, you know, very slow, you know, it's, I'm still like, sometimes it feels like I'm the only pendeja in here mm-hmm. in my house, like not partying. Cause everybody else is like mm-hmm. <laughs> outside, like having all these like big ass barbecues and parties and shit. But I'm in here, you know, in my house, like mm-hmm. still for the most part. And, um, but I also like have a pod with, you know, my really close friend who has an, a backyard and like bought an inflatable pool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have like a very long standing, very close, very easy relationship. So mm-hmm. it's like if I have to only like hang out with like one person, mainly like she's an excellent, excellent one person mm-hmm. <laughs> to see. And it just feels really good to have like that kind of human contact. Mm hmm. That's great. Yeah, I'm really happy for you that you've been able to get to the beach. I know that was, like, it's, like, so important to you. It was a huge thing that I was panicking about. It's <laughs> you interesting because, like, you were, at the beginning of this, you were, like, in one of the worst places to be. And now I feel like you're in one of the best places to be, which is an interesting shift. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, because we got it first, but then also, like... Took it seriously. Our government officials, like, did some stuff to get it under control, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but. it's almost like places that didn't have it at the beginning took measures at the be- when it wasn't as necessary and then opened up when it started to, you know, it's just like, it was a weird, it's also like political very much. So yeah. Or yeah. never took measures because they thought that they were like, Oh, this isn't going to happen here. Right. Like, like it's as if it doesn't travel. Works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I moved across the country during a pandemic during this, which actually like all things considered went pretty smoothly. Like I flew with like my whole ass, like outfit. Like I was wearing a, uh, freaking um, face shield and stuff which like no one else was doing but I was just like I'm gonna take a lot of precautions and then you know I spent two weeks packing up my life in DC which was a good amount of time and I feel like Mm -hmm. I didn't have the help I would have wanted what I would have loved to have people like packing with me and stuff but I had enough time that I could do it without stress and then I have a backyard so I was able to like you know I would have had like a big party but instead I had like a lot of one-on-one time with people which I think honestly is like better quality you know than having like a big gathering when you don't really get to talk to anybody so I actually feel like I had enough time to really like as best I could kind of wrap my time in DC and spend time with like all of my chosen family. Cause I have a lot of really great people there. Um, and yeah, then, you sure. know, I spent more money on the move than I would have just to sort of de-stress. And, um, and then I drove back and it all went really smoothly and um, my plants all made it, <laughs> which is amazing. And, um, yeah. Hey. Yeah. So all things considered it, well, you know, it wasn't the way that I wanted to do things, but, um, given the circumstances, like, I'm grateful that everything went the way it did. And um, I got a COVID test in D.C. because D.C. has really easy access to testing. It was negative, you know, so I got to take some precautions, too. And, yeah, now I live in Austin, Texas. And I feel like Texas is a little bit like testing my resilience because I feel like nature here is just like on the next level. Like we went to the beach and we dealt with like intense jellyfish the whole time, which is not something I ever dealt with at the beach before, but apparently that's a thing here. So that was like a real Mm. bummer. Like just like so many jellyfish in the water that you couldn't avoid getting stung. Um, and then the mosquitoes here are like also next level. And like I DC mosquitoes are bad, but they are worse here. And I get bit no, really Austin easily. mosquitoes are fucked My God. up. And then, of course, it's like 100 plus degrees because this is the hottest part of the summer. And then to top it all off, I got a really bad case of poison ivy, which I'm currently still dealing with. It's kind of turning into just like really bad dermatitis and I'm on steroids. <laughs> so I just feel like Texas Damn, is like when nature welcome, attacks. but we don't know that we really like are trying to make this friendly for you. <laughs> Here's the pro tip about Texas, though. I think that as a person who comes from more temperate climates or who's lived your whole life in, like, more temperate climates Mm -hmm. is what you will come to understand about Texas is that the summer is, like, the equivalent of the winter. Yeah. Everywhere else. Yeah. Like, the summer is the time that, like, you want to stay inside Mm -hmm. and, like, it's, like, blazing hot. It's, like, fuck Mm -hmm. the outside. It's Mm -hmm. wild out there. But then as soon as it starts getting, like, the fall and the winter is so temperate yeah, that 
right. it feels so nice yeah. to like be outside and mm-hmm. especially you you know because you like cooler weather yeah, like I, I like do. hot weather but you like cooler weather yeah. and I think that that's gonna feel a lot more chill for you yeah. especially like on some of the right nature attacks yeah. elements of yeah it. <laughs> exactly like I think this stuff will chill down no you're right and like we're you know we're obviously like having to do more outdoors because of social distancing and not being able to do anything with people indoors so it's kind of ramping up but yeah I feel like we're in the last stretch of like, yeah, the worst sure. of the heat and then yeah y'all are gonna be like freezing trying to hang out outside during the winter and we're gonna be like chilling in our backyard slash I'm gonna be alone again yeah. because I don't do that shit. not gonna see people yeah exactly <laughs> so um but I'm happy to be here and settling in and like getting used to life in this weird time it's definitely hard to move to a new city during this because I can't make any new friends even if I wanted to um but I'm trying to stay connected to folks back home and you know in DC and whatnot so I'm 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 hanging in there and like luckily like me and mine and like my f- close family everybody's fine haven't had any like deaths or significant illnesses so I feel really grateful for that that everybody mm-hmm. is somehow managing to get through this so aquí estamos I'm glad to hear that yeah so my first song of course like I don't know I think my relationship to music just shifts a lot in different moments of my life. And right now the way that I'm like living my life, like I just am not listening to that much music, but one time that I have been reliable and I'm happy that Riley Mane is back because it'll kind of force me, I think to be more close to music, which is good for me. But, um, mm. one time that I have been reliable listening to music has been, we've been doing like Saturday morning, like house cleaning. Cause fuck, there's so much cleaning to do with like two adults and a kid who are home <laughs> all the time. So, um, yeah. this, so there's been a lot of like, cleaning playlist and this song came up recently and I was like oh this is like an ultimate song for this moment so let's take a listen to La La Dueña del Swing by Los Hermanos Rosario So yeah, I feel like my partner and I are kind of like a Latinx stereotype sometimes with our Saturday morning cleaning and music, but I don't, I don't care. It's a great it's a stereotype for a reason. Um, and this is just a great Dominican merengue that is perfect for, you know, getting down with the mop. You know what I mean? Absolutely. A little bit of dancing con la escoba. Mm-hmm, perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect for it. Yeah. I don't know if it's COVID or like living with another adult and a child or whatever, but I feel like cleaning is like one of those Mary Poppins like purses of like, you just, it keeps coming and coming and coming. It's like, no matter how much I do, like you turn around and like the sink is full again, you know, I'm just like, is this like, it's just, it's just a thing. And like, I actually like cleaning and it's a kind of like a self care thing, but Everybody, like, has a limit, you know what I mean? And if you get behind, then it just feels, like, impossible. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, dude. And we don't it's, have a dishwasher, so, like, it's, it's all, it's all you know, manual. So I've been trying to just, like, embrace cleaning as, like, my self-care time and, like, I watch trashy TV while I do it and, like, whatever when we're not mm. doing it together. When we do it all together, then it's more of, like, a music playlist thing. And I've been trying to figure out how to get the six-year-old involved in the cleaning um, sometimes it's interesting. She has a lot of the way she's coping with quarantine slash being an only child slash she's six is she has like a lot of sister alter egos and it's really cute. She'll just like show sister up and alter egos. Uh-huh. So she's like, 
There, I wish I'd been writing them down. There's probably been like 30 sisters, at least, over the last few months. So she'll come out of her room in a new outfit, and she'll be like, what's your name? <laughs> and then I'll be like, I'll That's be like, I'm Perez. What's your name? And she's like, I'm, this morning she was sticky, I think, and she was a porcupine. It's really pretty creative. Oh. Um, but for some reason, some of her alter egos like cleaning, so I've been trying to figure out, like, one of her little sister personas likes to fold laundry so i was like hey will you go get me lola <laughs> and lola's actually kind of intense like she like <laughs> likes to hunt lola likes to hunt like humans and animals this kid doesn't eat meat like it's really funny and this is how kids work things out right they work things out through play it's like pretty normal but she's really committed to her characters like she's like in it you know we won't trying to get her into like acting camp or something um anyway so yeah. lola helps me so we're trying to figure out how to get her involved in like the the Saturday morning cleaning because like it's a lot of effort you know what I mean so um but I'm mm -hmm. happy to have rediscovered this song it's from 1995 um these guys started in the late 70s and have like a 20 plus year successful career and it's like obvious they have a lot of talent yeah definitely you you like to listen to music while you clean yeah absolutely I, you know, I love some good salsa when I'm cleaning. Merengue is great, too. Like, anything dancey mm -hmm. um, is great for me because I do a lot of um, dancing with my broom mm -hmm. and taking breaks to, like, you know, lean on the couch and shake my ass. And mm -hmm. then, <laughs> you know. Love it. It's love just it. all part of it's all part of the of the vibe, you know. Otherwise, it's just too much. I think we had talked about doing, like, an episode about, like, music for cleaning, but I don't think we ever – we went in a different direction with our, like, Cuarentena series. But this would definitely be on that playlist. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So what's your next song from your uh, summer or like, what's representing kind of how, how things went this summer for you? So I um, am bringing a song by uh, my girl Arca. This song is called Make It Trefe. Let's go listen to it. Mami quiere me que trece, ella se lo merece, mira cómo se crece. Ella vino caminando desde su casa. Ella no toma taxi, que la vean, que la vean en las calles. Ella no toma taxi, ni Uber, ni Lyft, que la vean. Mami quiere me que trece, mira cómo ella se crece. back she has a new album called kick one it's the first of what's going to be a tetralogy it's going to be four albums wow and i just find it simply stunning and so i listened to this album a lot i reviewed it for freeze magazine i can link that in the show notes but so i ended up listening to it over and over and over again and this song is you know by far my favorite on the album uh, Arca is non-binary and this cycle, this album cycle, um, the publicity for this album cycle is the first she's doing using she and her pronouns and mm. her name um, Alejandra. So, um, and a lot of the themes around her music on this album and her lyrics are about that, right? Like she opens the album with a song called non-binary. Mm. So it's not something that she's like, it's like, oh, I'm, you know, like, I'm non-binary, but, like, this is my music. It has nothing to do with each other. Or, like, you know, she's not, she's definitely exploring that and, like, putting it out there for people. And she's also, it's, like, almost like a dare. Like, 
atrévete a decir algo, you know, mm -hmm. like, and, um, this song in particular, I love because, you know, partly it's sort of nostalgic for me because it sort of brings me back to being like 17 years old and listening to Aphex Twin for the first time and just being blown away with, mm. like, you know, all the glitchy IDM in the song. Um, but the thing that really gets to me is how defiant it really is, right? And um, in it, she says, Ella no toma taxi, Uber, ni Lyft, like, que la vean en las calles, mm -hmm. right? Like, she's like demanding to be seen like the public like fuck you and what you think should happen like you have to see me because i exist mm -hmm. and like que la vean en las calles, you know and the music i feel like reflects sort of like this glory of being seen like it's just like soaring and and like stunning and just like completely thrilling Mm -hmm. And there's a moment where, like, it pulls away and gets dark again, which to me, like, makes me think of, like, how actually visibility is a really double-edged sword, mm -hmm. right? Like, if you get clocked as a trans woman, that literally means that you die. Like, so, like, visibility, like, can be, like, incredible to be seen. And it can also mean, like, a lot of violence mm -hmm. for trans women, especially trans women of color, especially mm -hmm. black trans women, right? Mm -hmm. um, so this song feels like it hints at that, but then like, you know, it pulls into that dark place for a little bit, but then it like goes back immediately to this joy and rapture, you know, like in the end feels like just like, just so joyful to be able to get to be yourself and live honestly. And, um, that's like the song, like just brings all of that for me. I just think it's so fucking gorgeous. Um, and if you are into, um, this kind of music and experimental electronic uh, music, I highly recommend the album. I wrote a review of it, like I said, and I'll link that in the show notes. Uh, but I, I just, I love it so much. I listened to this over and over and over again over the summer. And that's like connects to something that's also been a big part of a continued thing going on this summer and continuing to escalate, which is violence against trans women, particularly trans women of color, particularly black trans women. Like there's been more murders and yeah. more yeah. more attention to those murders and just continue to be like a major issue of safety. Yeah, and you know, dirt, you know, like in the middle of the uprisings, there was this huge, huge mark in Brooklyn where everybody, you know, wore white, and it was a march for um, you know queer and trans for trans women. It was organized by Black trans women, and it was just like it was just gorgeous, you know, like, and it's, it, it also is another moment of such huge hope to see like the streets of Brooklyn completely packed, um, with, you know, everybody wearing white, like showing up for trans women, you know, like that's also another huge sea change that has occurred that like, you know, 10 years ago, I did not imagine, right. Like 10 years ago when we were like, you know, doing this work around LGBTQ liberation, it was so, so hard. Mm -hmm. um, and there's been such a sea change also in our lifetimes around that. So, um, and yet, like, like I said, like the visibility of, of trans women in media and um, in, in all of our lives, like hasn't really changed the fundamentally really violent conditions that they're forced to mm -hmm. exist in and mm -hmm. that, you know, cause all this unnecessary and horrifying mm -hmm. death mm -hmm. and violence that, is getting more attention now, which is good, right? It's not that it's, I don't know that it's more right now. Honestly, mm -hmm. I haven't read the statistics, but my guess is that it's not necessarily more. It's just getting more attention. Yeah, it's being seen, right? Because a lot of people also, like, if somebody's not paying attention, you wouldn't even know. Like, people get, you know, misgendered and, like, you know, it's like that news, the way people's um, deaths are reported. Like, there's a lot of uncovering that has to happen. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a heavy time, but it's also, there's a lot of potential at this moment. Yeah, yeah. You know, when there's a lot of destruction, we have the potential to build. Mm -hmm. So the choice is ours around mm -hmm. what what we're going to build. Or, you know, maybe the choice isn't fully ours. Cause right. If the, choice is, if the choice is like yours and mine. <laughs> Like, It'd be very different. Things that are, would probably turn out a little bit differently yeah. than they're actually going to turn out, but we'll see. Yeah. I think all of us together can, like, fuck some shit up. Yeah. It's like, what choice do we have? Way. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. 
So another thing we that happened over the summer while we were on that we wanted to talk about was kind of the uncovering of a long history of mistreatment and like sexism at Remescla, which is a publication that Veto's written for and that we often link to and we've had people who work there come on the show. So we wanted to just sort of like talk about that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the thing about that, I mean, it's completely horrifying and also like, you know, not necessarily surprising just because that's it's so endemic right in a lot of workplaces right so it's like shocking and sad because it's a publication that we really love and that has so um you know that's so important remesla is really important Mm -hmm. even to this day and like we still like i know like women that work there and write for that for the publication Mm -hmm. and like who are still doing really important work there and are pushing for changes from the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just so disappointing to see like such an important publication be like so rife with misogyny. And in particular, um, the so there was a call out for two of the men that were working there. One is like the CEO, Andrew, and the other one was their um, editor in chief at the time. Um, who started out as a columnist and then became a, the music editor, who was Eddie Cepeda. Mm-hmm. And Eddie ended up stepping down. And we just wanted to be clear, like, we've had Eddie on the show mm-hmm. um, a couple of times. And so, and, you know, just the accusations and, like, what came out about his behavior was just, like, really fucking gross. And mm-hmm. we didn't want to continue to give him a platform. So we're taking the episodes that he's that he was on down. It sucks because they were like cool episodes, mm-hmm. right? One was about like cholo music. And one of them was exploring Daddy Yankee's Barrio Fino. And it sucks to have to take those down. But like we just didn't want to give that man any more of a platform than he like we just didn't want to provide a platform for him. So mm-hmm. just to be very transparent, we have had him on the show we're taking those two episodes down. So, you know, I I feel like in this moment, it's important to like reinforce the fact that, you know, I don't believe in like quote unquote canceling anybody. Like, I don't think that that actually um, gets us to where we want to go because, you know, like Adrian Marie Brown has said this before, like there's no other planet to send people to, you know, like there's no, like people have to stay in our communities. Like we don't actually believe in like the prison system and like locking people up. And we don't believe that creates safety or I don't believe that creates safety. And so, but that doesn't mean that when people do harm, there aren't any repercussions. And so for me, that's the balance here. It's like, you know, I'm not saying that this person should never work again or and like I really hope that this is an opportunity for him to reflect on his behavior and where he's crossed lines and like figure out how to move forward in a way that's um, ethical, consensual and like rectifies that moving forward. But um, but that we can still say, you know what, this isn't something we don't want to offer a platform to someone that we know has done harm to people that we care about um, and still say, you know, I hope he finds healing and a, and a way forward and a way to and get support, you know? So I don't know. It's like, it's a tricky balance, I think, um, particularly right now. And I'm, you know, it's frustrating that the head of Remescla, you know, is still in his job and doing his thing and like, you know, wrote some letter that's kind of pitiful about what he's going to try to do differently. You know, like that's like the accountability doesn't go far enough a lot of times. And yeah, he's still there, right? He used Eddie sort of as a fall guy. Not that Mm -hmm. like Eddie didn't deserve that consequence for his actions. Mm -hmm. I believe that he did. However, like, it was like Andrew saying, "Like here, I'm taking some action, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. fucking bullshit." And he's still there, and you know, like it's it's just the way that that's gone about has been really frustrating and really sad for me because I really, I really do love Remescla a lot. Mm-hmm. I love that outlet. It's a really and unique. Place. There's nowhere else like it, mm-hmm. which is also a real problem, right? Mm-hmm. And like. Like, that there's only one, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, outlet that covers Latinx culture in this, like, very sort of expansive way. Mm-hmm. Um, disappointing. Um, and and part of a larger systemic issue. But, but, yeah. So, all of that is true at the same time. Yeah. And I do think that we, you know, we're seeing a heightened sort of, like, the continued Me Too stuff. Like, there's just more, I mean you know, even outside of just men as perpetrators, like there's just been more, I feel like reckoning with people's behavior in a public way. Um, and I've seen it in, in places Mm -hmm. like 
the Healing Justice podcast, which is like a entity that I'd interacted with through some of my other work and had like kind of like not great interactions with the white woman who was leading it and kind of felt just like a little like ugh and like just stepped away from doing anything with her because of it. And then it kind of came out in a really public way that there's like a long history of like her really um, being fucked up toward people. And it was like a relief for me when I saw that. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm not alone. You know, cause you can really convince yourself sometimes like, well, maybe it's just me, you know, like maybe whatever. And then when you see like, Oh no, all these other people are having this experience and like, it's really can be really validating. Um, so we're seeing a lot of that. And she ended up stepping down from this podcast, which I think should have happened a long time ago and there's a lot of issues around like being a white woman running something like a healing justice podcast anyway sort of a side note but um I think we're in this moment of reckoning which I think is really important but also still begs the question well what happens next you know and how do these people um figure out how to stop doing harm because just you know removing them from Mm -hmm. their positions of power doesn't mean that they you know a they need I think everyone has the right to a livelihood and like to be able to take care of themselves and like um you know we need systems to, to support it so I think we're seeing a lot more of like in the practice of trying to what does it look like to do this kind of accountability work and whatever from a place of um you know values-based place not just to like okay we're not going to deal with you anymore because that's that's the easiest way is just to like kind of remove you from life but that's not actually like a long-term solution in my mind so it's an interesting moment around that yeah for sure all right. Well, <laughs> switching gears a little bit, um, going to my next uh, <laughs> song, which is like kind of what we do on this podcast. It's like something heavy and political and then something light and sweet. And so this is the light and sweet uh, palate cleanser right now. Um, <laughs> and it's a new song by a one, bachata, of, yeah, one of my favorite bachateros. It's a new song by Toby Love and it's called Mi Nina. And uh, let's take a listen. bachatica like just like classic romantic bachata always here for it i like toby love a lot i don't think he gets like as much attention as i want him to get because i think he's really great but he's still kind of on the level of like playing at the small clubs with a bunch of people kind of place in his career although obviously no one's playing in any clubs right now um um, but yeah, I was no. excited to see new music from him. And at first I thought this was about his literal Nina, but then I listened to the song and it's about his lover, like his girlfriend. Um, but I still, still here for the romantic bachata. I think one of the things I miss the most about post pandemic or cur- during the pandemic life is not being able to go out dancing. There's just like so much joy yeah. for me in that and particularly bachata dancing and yeah. You know, when am I ever going to want to touch a stranger again? Like, Jesus, you know, um, even in like yeah. a dancing kind of way. So I feel sad about that. And also, like, I don't know that, you know, DJ Sentimiento is ever going to get to come out again because I had a very, like, <laughs> specific little world of DC where I was getting asked to DJ. And I don't know that that's going to translate. I was even thinking about joining a bachata dance team when I moved to Austin as like a way to meet people. So, like, all these things are just on hold, which makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I'm glad Ugh. there's still bachata music and, like, you know, try to do a little bit of at-home dancing um, to keep the energy going. Yeah. Pero. Yeah. It's not the same. 
So this came out on July 31st. I don't know if he's working on a new album. I have not been following him super closely, but I was excited to see some new music from him across my radar. The little, the video that, um, the YouTube, it's just like the official audio, but there's like a tiny little animation and it's these little emoji Mm -hmm. (laughs) versions of Toby Love with an emoji lady and it's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Me plus you equals the heart emoji. Yeah. It's very like early love vibes. (laughs) When you're sending all these, like, yeah, blushing emojis back and forth. <laughs> Adorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're going to be talking a little bit more in the coming weeks about some of the music that came out while we were on hiatus. But I wanted to bring this one for today's episode. Yeah, for sure. All right, what's your next one? All right, so my next one, I have to put out there that I was going to bring WAP. I'm saving it for an upcoming episode. Don't (laughs) worry, y'all. We are going to talk about wet-ass pussy (laughs) shortly. Pero por ahora, I'm putting that on hold. Um, And I'm bringing a song by an artist that I actually brought to the last episode that we, um, we did right before the quarantena. And I think that's just reflective of just his work and how much it speaks to me. I love, love, love this artist. Everything that he puts out is just like really speaks to me. So dope. Uh, This song is called Ella Se Despierta and it's by Medio Piki. Ella se despierta, se siente lenta. Esta cuarentena ya lo aumenta. Se va pa' la sala, desayuna galleta. No come carne, pero si chuleta Se despierta, se siente lenta Esta cuarentena ya la menta Se va pa' la sala, desayuna galleta No come carne, pero si chuleta No come carne, pero si chuleta Ahora solo es jugo, no hay alcohol Y el catálogo de Hulu se lo dio Bien de tutoriales, aprendió codificado Y una aplicación ya balanzada Ella se despierta, se siente de fresca De esta cuarentena ella se alegra Se va para la sala, desayuna galleta Ahora de Google es la jefa Ella se despierta, se siente de fresca De esta cuarentena ella se alegra Se va para la sala, desayuna galleta Ahora de Google es la jefa Ahora de Google la jefa Ahora de Google la jefa Ahora de Google la jefa So Mayo Piki is a Dominican artist, uh, he and producer and he came out with this album called Pablito at the end of June and I just love it so 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 much. Uh, A couple of the songs he released on SoundCloud earlier in the year and I think I even brought one of them to the show because again like I'm just everything that he puts out I feel like obsessed. It's like he's got this like brand of like Caribbean slash alternative slash synthy music that really speaks to me. And, um, but I was really happy to get the full album and it's really totally full of bangers. I love, love, love this one, but I had a really hard time picking. I almost brought this song called Dime with Adrián Igual because it's also one of my favorites on the album. Like, dime lo que tu me estás diciendo. Like, I don't get it. Like, so good. Go listen to it. But I decided on Ella Se Despierta because it's just like such a cuarentena mood. Mm-hmm. It's like this very chill sort of reggaeton uh synthy um and like these like big bouncy synths and then you know it's like here she is in quarantena she sort of hates it it's not an ideal situation but you know like she gets up she handles her shit she's growing as a human she's doing her projects and i'm just like yeah dude (laughs) like same you know like after some initial panicking and freaking out and etc and you know crying and everything that Mm -hmm. happened it's just like this sucks 
this is what life is right now. Like, what am I going to do with that? Right. Mm -hmm. And in this song, this woman like learns how to code on YouTube and is going to launch an application. And by the end, ahora de Google es la jefa. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, she really used the pandemic to her advantage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's some of what resilience looks like, you know, is like figuring out because But, like misery doesn't, doesn't improve your situation nor does it change the conditions that you're living in you know exactly yeah yeah for sure um yeah it's I think the resilience piece of it is what really speaks to me is that like I think that a lot of times like stories about pain and struggle are incomplete right mm -hmm. and like can kind of be fetishized into this like sort of disaster porn mm -hmm. and um and to to tell stories of like resilience and ways that people are making it um, and being there and showing up for each other and surviving through really hard times is also um, also, you know, can feel really in hope, really important and help me uh, with my hope discipline for yeah. sure. The, the art on the video is a really cute picture of him as a little kid. So that's always endearing. Yeah. Very, very cute. All right, so my last song for this episode, I'm kind of giving myself a pass on our rules and just doing it anyway. So this is just what's happening. <laughs> It's our podcast, and I just I just wanted to. So here we are. So this song is called Al Final del Camino, and it's by Boys to Men and Rex Salas. Let's take a listen. Sé que tú me quieres. No te vas a enamorar. Te faltarían mi amor, mis besos, mi verdad. Tú me perteneces, no lo dudes más. Tú eres mía ahora y siempre lo sé. to say I'm, I'm giving myself a pass is because as far as I know none of the members of Boys to Men are Latino and uh, Rex Salas I could not confirm anything about his I ethnic or racial identity so I don't know if he's Latino <laughs> I know his father is Tomas Salas like these are things I figured out from the internet but it's very possible that he's Filipino um, those names are often also you know because of Spanish colonialism so Um, I don't know that anyone involved with this song is Latino, but I don't care because I really wanted to talk about this song because I had no idea <laughs> that Boys to Men put out any music in Spanish. And it turns out they put out a whole fucking album. This was released in 1981. So I don't know. I'm really curious about it because um, I don't remember that, you know, that there were a lot of like totally not, you know, no connection to like Latino that I know of, like Latino culture artists, like putting out music in Spanish. I think it's really interesting. Like I just, it's really unexpected and I fucking love boys to men. I mean, I was obsessed with this album, like when I was in fifth grade or their music when I was in fifth grade, mm. and my little fifth grade boyfriend, Torrance Xavier Jones. I don't think you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, he like sang the, the like song, I'll make love to you to me, which like in retrospect is a little bit creepy, Whoa. but like, yeah. but don't worry y'all. Like the only physical contact we had was like a hug one time in the stairwell. Like we were not, there was no intimacy in our 10 year old relationship. So I thought it was just kind of sweet. It was just the song that everyone was singing. I don't think we even knew what it meant. You know, when we were 10. Right. I'm sure you did. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a very like wholesome, sweet relationship that I like did not take very seriously. because I was literally 10 and maybe broke up with him with like kind of a mean note in the middle of class. And he cried. It was, it was a lot. Um, But, but wow. yeah, I love heartbreaker. Yeah, I know. I, I kind of like peaked early with boys. I had like a lot of boyfriends in elementary school. I think before it like actually meant anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then when it started to be real, it was like, nah, I was not, not, a not, not successful. Um, until I came out. But, uh, but yeah, I fucking love boys to men. I mean, this song was the one that in English was the one that kind of like made them a big hit. Um, but one of their Spanish language songs was like on the billboard Latin top chart. So like, I don't know. He, they found an audience for it. So I discovered this through That's Spotify, funny, yeah. randomly threw this on my 
Discover Weekly. And the reason I wanted to bring it on top of the fact that I just want everyone else to know that Boys to Men sings in Spanish is that, um, or sung in Spanish, is that I brought, when I moved, I brought my, you know, I hadn't moved in eight years. So it was like really an uncar, uh, like an, an unearthing of so many things that I had held on to, including my big ass binder of all my CDs from like, you know, high school, mm. college, <laughs> yeah. post college, and we still bought CDs. And so I gave it to Tulia, my partner's daughter, who's six, because she has a CD player. So she was really excited. So it's been fun to watch her like discover my music. And like the thing that she's most into of all, I mean, she doesn't listen to a lot of the CDs, but the thing that she's the most into so far is um, the Spice Girls. <laughs> Which just like makes me really happy. <laughs> Were you a Boys to Men fan when you came to the U.S.? Actually, just looking at the, I was listening to this and I was listening to it on YouTube, and looking at their picture, I just remembered that I used to think that mm-hmm. Wanye was so fine, and I have to confirm mm-hmm. that he yeah. was so fine. He's very good looking <laughs> so I was like, and like pretty wholesome. You know, I'll make so love to you. Like I wrote about it at feministing many years ago because it's like a. Kind of like a feminist. It's a very consenty, very consenty yeah. music. It's like I'll hold you until you, until you want me to, and I'll never, you know, like it's just all like, what do you want? I'm, it's all about you. Like it's really sweet. Yeah, it's very, very consenty. Sweet. Boys to men, mm-hmm. kings of consent. Love to see it. Mm-hmm. Shout out Philadelphia. Yeah. I know. So, I wish I knew more. If anybody out there knows why or more of the story behind, like why they were putting up music in Spanish, I'd love to know more. But I'm really glad to have discovered it. And thanks for letting me potentially break the rules to bring this photo. You didn't really have a choice, but thank you for going along with it. <laughs> I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> I was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. It's happening. It's happening. Why not? Four years, you know? I got one pass. <laughs> All right, babies. Well, that's our first episode back. It's good to be back. I missed this, Veto. I missed you and I didn't talk yeah, as much this summer, too. Yeah, it is nice so. to be back. Yaki seguim. Yep. And we hope all of you are doing as best you can, finding joy and resilience, managing whatever crises are coming your way. And we um, are really happy to be back on your feeds and ready to bring you a new season of content. So as per usual, all the notes from the show and all the songs that we featured are going to be on our show notes, um, including some of the stuff that we mentioned. So make sure to look out for that. We're back on social media, sort of easing our way back in. We... We're sort of off during our break, but we're back now. So make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter. We're at Radio Manea on all of the platforms. All right, y'all. Hasta la próxima. Hasta la próxima, babies. Los queremos mucho. Bye. Bye. Además se ve en tu cara, tú no lo hagas cara bonita, tu risa se ve ridícula. Además si te perdemos la trabícula, tenemos una moña así cara, así que cable ve tu vida. No llamen, que no quiero que mamen, ahora quieren coro, porque empecé a buscarme. Nah. Hace mucho que no escribo en la macota, el movimiento de rolín no me subió la nota. Nunca hablamos, 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 nunca hablamos.